Hello and welcome to Inside the Therapy Room. I'm your host, Sam Sellers. I'm a registered therapist, a wife and a fur mama, and I'm passionate about breaking down the barriers and stigma attached to therapy. I want to begin by honouring the traditional custodians of the land we live and work on. Today, Renee is in Wurundjeri country and Sam is on Gundungurra land. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging for they hold the memories, the traditions and cultures of our First Nations people. We must always remember that the land below our feet is, was and always will be Aboriginal land. Today we're chatting to Renee Magri, who is a grief counsellor that specialises in pet loss support for before and after the loss of our animal friends. Her passion for this much-needed support grew immensely after losing her beloved boxer, Buckley, to a terminal illness at the young age of five and a half. Having always had a keen interest in grief and loss, it was a natural progression for her to take her qualifications and direct it to helping the wider community with what can be one of the most difficult losses you will ever go through. Tune in to hear her share about working with those who have experienced pet loss, talking about when someone may need this type of support, the impact pet loss can have on someone, and what it's like inside her therapy room, which is virtual. And last but not least, what myth she would love to smash around pet grief. We hope you enjoy joining us inside the therapy room. Welcome, Renee. How are you going? Hi, I'm well. I'm well. How are you? I am great. You are in Melbourne, correct? I'm just outside of Melbourne, probably yep. about 50 minutes from the CBD, okay. but not far. It is wonderful to have you here. Um, so you are a grief counsellor, but you specialise in a really unique area, which is around pet loss. So tell us a little bit about what brought you to specialising in pet grief and pet loss. Sure, absolutely. I'd first like to say thank you for inviting me and thank you for having me. And I'm delighted to, to be here with you. A little bit about my story of what, what brought me uh, here. Uh, at the end of 2016, I lost one of the greatest loves of my life, which is my my boxer, Buckley. And um, like many others, he was, you know, still is my very best friend and one of the greatest loves of my life. So he was diagnosed with a, a terminal illness at the very young age of three years and 10 months, which shook me, you know, out of my core, honestly. And, um, yeah, we were given a six to 12-month prognosis with him. We had 20 months with him. And, uh, yeah, after he passed away, the grief that came to me was huge and I was feeling a whole lot of things that I had never felt before. And, uh, yeah, at that time I was almost at the end. I had about four months to go with my, my counselling studies and almost there with finishing that and always had an interest in grief and loss. So it was like a natural thing for the two things to come together because I knew that I was not the only one that felt such a profound sense of grief. So it was a natural progression for me. And, yeah, a few months later, uh, yeah, I, I decided to to uh, become a niche pet loss counsellor, pet loss grief counsellor, and, yeah, been in the space for about six and a half years now. Love that. 
I mean, I think a running theme that is happening as I'm sort of doing these episodes is that everybody's niche tends to just happen really organically. And I think most people don't necessarily expect to land in that space, but it happens. And I think that that's when you know that it's Mm -hmm. the right space for you. Mm, Um, Couldn't agree more. It does also tend to come out of lived experience as well. You know, I think Mm -hmm. it's what drives us is is our own experience. For those of those people out there who are watching this, um, Renee Sweet Boy is behind her. And if you are listening or reading, jump on to YouTube, Mm -hmm. which is where this will be, or onto um, your social media, I'm assuming, where he will be. What Mm -hmm. breed is he? Uh, Buckley is a boxer. Ah, so for anyone, anyone playful. of your listeners or viewers, yeah, that um, has a boxer or knows somebody with a boxer, yeah. they would know that, yes, they're very playful, very goofy, very funny, yeah. very loyal and big smoochy boys and girls. So, yeah, he's always been my boy and, yeah, they're a great breed. But, of course, everyone thinks they've got the best. It is one of those things that it's like the dog version of, of like Apple or Samsung. It's like everybody thinks that they've got the sweetest, um, most loving breed. I was mentioning to you before we started that I have my own experience as well with pet loss and my sweet Barney was a King Charles Cavalier and he, you know, they are obviously a really beautiful, sweet natured uh, breed. So it, I think everybody thinks that they've got the best. We have a Cavoodle at the moment, though. She's pretty special. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, she's got beautiful. super bad separation anxiety, but she just <laughs> loves being with people. And um, so, but I think it just, you know, solidifies that bond that you build with mm. not just dogs, but, you know, any sort of pet or animal companion there is that huge bond yeah oh there is yeah who would be looking for this type of support who falls into this category yeah um thank you for asking that question because um having having the conversations and talking about it is is really helpful so who would be now in terms of pet loss grief there's different types of loss and that's going to affect everybody differently and so I'll start off with pre-loss leading up to potentially end-of-life decisions. That's uh, a big factor there. There's a lot of what's called anticipatory grief that normally stems in there. So essentially that means grief before a loss. So there's support there. If uh, somebody's companion is starting to age, they might not be terminal yet, but age is creeping up on them. So there's there's numerous things there. Uh, Also, of course, post-loss. And, yeah, after we've lost our our companions, there's grief after the loss. Another type of grief and loss that can come in very much so uh, with pet loss grief is what's called ambiguous grief. There can be a lot of ambiguity. And I can give you a couple of examples of of that. And that would be if uh, your companion has run away, if they've been stolen from you, which both things are so very hard and it does unfortunately happen. If, you know, there was something like a relationship breakdown and some uh, 
often, sometimes there's shared custody, but often there's not. And one person has sole custody of their companion. So therefore, the other person doesn't have any involvement in their life anymore. We always hope that can be worked out, but sometimes it doesn't. Rehoming, and there's many reasons that that can happen. Um, moving overseas for a job, and many people can take their companions with them. Some people just can't. So there's going to be lots of variables sitting in there, but that there's a lot in there that that grief can uh, can be present. I'm wondering, is there even you know, I'm thinking about animals can get illnesses and and things like that in terms of you know, there could be animals who might need a limb amputated or might go blind or things mm-hmm. like that. And so the pet that once was is no longer. It's sort of yeah. You know, that can change a, a pet's temperament. It can change their personality. And so, you know, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's space in that ambiguous grief as well for that, um, that would be really difficult because you've still got your pet, but you've still got your companion. Yep. They look different and their personality is different and they're not the same as they once were, which can be really difficult. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for, for mentioning that. That's something that can definitely come out within yeah. within the grief um so you're losing who you both were three things presenting themselves yeah. so that's a really good thing to mention that absolutely can be there uh something like that could also sit when we have a diagnosis and our relationship is one way and then it steps into palliation and palliative care you're always caring loving and supporting that doesn't shift but yeah, there could be some some grief there where the the relationship I just want to reiterate is very connected still, but there's things that you're missing and it could be daily walks that you used to do together that you can't do anymore, things like that. So yeah, absolutely. So there's a huge, yeah, there's a lot within the grief space that that resides next to next to our animal companions when, yeah. when things happen. Absolutely. I'm also thinking about, you know, like I mentioned, our our girl Naya has separation anxiety. So if we go anywhere, we have a, a pet sitter who comes and looks after her. And um, and so I'm thinking, you know, people who work mm-hmm. in that space mm-hmm. um, who are, you know, our, she is the only person we use. She's here, you know, relatively, relatively mm-hmm. regularly and has known Naya since she was, you know, a pup. And so, uh, you know, yeah. there would almost be a loss that they've, you know, a grief around losing a pet that wasn't even their own um, as well. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's a really mm-hmm. yes. sort of messy, yep. complex space to sit in because it's like, well, they weren't my pet, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's still grief. It's still loss and it's, you know, it's still yes. something that, you know, deserves a space to to be held and worked through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for mentioning that as well. That's another very good um, thing to raise and to create awareness around. I think awareness is one of the biggest things that it's one of my favourite words. My, my yeah. clients, I'll, I'll <laughs> often talk to them from the get-go, I'll say, you're going to hear me say the word awareness a yeah, few times. But absolutely. I think you never have enough of it. And that's that's yeah. really an uh, important thing that you mentioned because um, our, our you know, people that are caring for animals in some capacity, whether it's a service-based industry or friend, like if you've got, um, you know, within your family dynamics, you might yeah. have another family member's dog or a friend. I've had yeah, several times uh, brought into the, you know, said said that to me as well that they know somebody's dog and they they're grieving them because they're they're such a big 
part of everybody's life. I mean, they're the, they're, they're the true testament of unconditional love, our Absolutely. animal friends, you know. I always say they ask for very little and they give us so, so much back in return. Yeah. I feel like one of um, the things that comes out of my mouth so many times as um, my wife and I watch way too much TikTok videos um, <laughs> and a good 50% of those <laughs> videos are dog videos. And yeah. so I, I just... I feel like I say the words, we don't deserve dogs, come out of my mouth so many times because I <laughs> think, you know, as you said, they are just the, um, you know, we're talking focusing very much on dogs because that's where my heart is. But, you know, they mm-hmm. are the epitome of, of unconditional love. And, you know, if you're ever in a bad mood, just find a dog. They'll put your Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, oh, they I'm sure focused will. a bit on on dogs. But there are other pets, cats, birds, lizards, yes. yep. horses. Yep. All you know, pet loss is pet loss, regardless of you mm. know what pet it is, um, how long you had it, those sorts of things. Yep. Um, I think that's important to note. You know, we talk about it, dogs absolutely popular pet. Um, but yeah, yeah, there are a variety of other pets that fall into this category as well. There sure is. There sure is. I think fur, fur, feathers, or scales. Yeah. Um, every single one of them, we we have a unique bond with every single uh, one of the species within within the animal world. Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. That's a really great way to. I've got an alpaca. Them. I've got an alpaca. <laughs> I don't, I, I've got an alpaca, so oh there you go. So I've got my my goofy boy, and, yeah. and people that uh, follow me on my socials would know a bit about Sir oh, Goofy, as I call him. Love that. <laughs> um, I love the fur, um, feathers and scales. I'm it just like the the challenge in me is to come up with a pet that doesn't fall into that category. <laughs> but I'm yeah. not sure that there is. I'm trying to think of one, but I. I can't seem to because they do tend to, yeah. Uh, it's gonna let me know. Let me know what you think of it. <laughs> what I guess do you want people to know? Like, what is there something mm. in terms of pet loss, pet grief that people might not be aware of? Yeah, sure, sure. There's lots and lots of things, but um, I think. The first thing I'd like to share with you is to let to let the community know is that support is available. There is support out there and in many different forms, whether that be private sessions, support groups, whatever it may be, and nothing is ever crazy, silly or stupid. Yeah. What you think within your own pet loss grief space. And that that is something that narrative has been said to me hundreds of times. Hundreds of times, you know, conversation will start. Renee, you might think I'm silly and crazy for thinking this, but I'm thinking, no. So that that nothing is crazy. It's what you feel, and it's really has a voice and it has meaning. So so that um, is the first thing. Absolutely. With grief itself, maybe just a quick uh, difference between what is grief and mourning, because that can be a little bit confusing. And I think it's really helpful to try to create like a foundation when you're trying to process something that's very profound in your life. So that's one thing I really like to create, a foundation. So the difference between grief and mourning. So grief we is what we feel on the inside, our thoughts and feelings. We can feel that emotionally and physically, so something to be aware of. And mourning is how you express that. Mm-hmm. So that's the difference. 
future. Another thing, and these are my own thoughts, um, is that grief can't be fixed. Mm. Grief That's is great. something that we, yeah, that we learn to process and carry and integrate into our life. Yeah. It's a very individual journey. Yeah. No one will grieve the same way. So to fix, I'll speak about sort of myself. If I was to fix my grief with my Buckley, I'd have to have him back living and by my side. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So um, to me, don't get over it. We don't move on. I'm not going to be okay with it one day and just wake up and go, oh, okay, Buckley's died. That's, that's uh, That's not negotiable for me. So yeah, we can't fix it. That's my my thoughts. Um, the other thing is there's no rush. Yeah. There's no time limits with this. Mm. Uh, another conversation I have all the time, you know, be Renee, I've been feeling these feelings for two years. Like what's, you know, what's happening? Yeah. So there's no time limits. I'll have grief with me for the rest of my life at Buckley forever. So it's with me for the long term. It's uh, like it's funny that you mentioned there not being any sort of rush because it will be four years in December since we lost Barney and I still have him as my background on my phone. I Mm -hmm. still have the profile picture on my Facebook page that I changed it to Mm -hmm. back in that year. And I only said to my wife last night actually, you know, I still can't change it. There is still that part of me that just, it's a way that I honor him. It's just, you know, and it is, it's too painful still to change that. You know, yes, I have healed and I hold that grief very differently than I did four years ago, even two Mm -hmm. years ago. But it is, it's never just suddenly going to be okay. I think, you know, I tell my clients yeah. all the time, we don't need to make sense of something because if, you yeah. know, it's, it doesn't need to make sense. When we make sense of something, we rationalize it and it becomes okay. And this is, it, it doesn't ever need to be okay. It will never be okay. Mm, and, mm, you know, my sweet boy died on the side of the road. That's never going to be okay. Yeah. And and so I think that that's important for people to sort mm. of get around because it is one of those griefs where people sort of go, you know, aren't you over it by now? Like, you know, just like you said, just get another dog, like get another pet, you know, replace it. It'll, you know, it's it's not as simple as that. So, um, mm, yeah, mm, I think mm. that that's a really important point that people sort of do need to remember that it is okay to still be grieving and still be mourning, yeah. you know, still be yeah. holding that years down the track because it's not something that is just absolutely going to go away or disappear absolutely absolutely I couldn't agree more and I really want to normalize mm-hmm. what I want to normalize this I want to normalize and validate and acknowledge pet loss grief and also for what you're feeling as well and just to give you a very snapshot parallel I mean Buckley died seven years ago I still have his bed out Behind me on my um, shelving behind here, I've still got his medicine uh, basket. He was on, you know, all these different meds. It's exactly the same way as it was uh, on from the day that he passed away. And I've just got it there. I've got his behind me as well, his collar, his lead, things like that. And and why? It's because I want to. You know, the, the, the right way to grieve is your way, is our way. And there's no right and there's no wrong and you can't grieve wrong. The right way is your way. So this is why it's so 
so individualized and nothing is wrong. Others might have their thoughts and opinions and might try to tell you that you should be over it and all of those things. But at, at the end of the day, I look at that, that's someone's thoughts and feelings and they're allowed to have that. Uh, doesn't mean it's true and it doesn't mean it's right. It's the way we choose to receive that yeah. or not. Uh, and then channel into what serves you, what, what's going to actually help you process and work through. And, you know, I, I mentioned before that we can't fix grief, but there is so much we can do to support it, to guide it, to work on ways to have it there. And that is going to be different for everybody. And, and the you know, the grief journey, I keep saying, is very individual. It's going to be different. But that's one thing I would like people to know, your, your listeners, is that there, there is support there to hug it tight. Um, grief doesn't feel nice. It feels very uncomfortable a lot of the time. Yeah. So our mindset can be, how do I fix this? I, I feel, what do I do? You know, if we had all the answers, I would give them to everybody. I, I would. Know. I would give the instructions. Yeah. I would give all the text. You know, yeah. we learn about things, but but it's about operationalising things yeah. our way. And it's it's what what resonates with one might not be with the other. Um, and this is why I say there's no rush it's one step at a time uh we can't we can't i think if we rush and force it that can add pressure mm. and we don't want to add more in there so it's yeah. it's very much where you are uh and i really try to encourage that um the disenfranchised the disenfranchisement that's a bit of a tongue twister word disenfranchised <laughs> yeah <laughs> so let's just just say disenfranchised grief yeah can be very much uh in the animal animal world too so very quickly if anyone that wasn't sure what that is it's it's more it's when your grief and loss doesn't get acknowledged by others or society and sam as you mentioned before it's when that narrative of it was just a bird you can just go and get another one yeah. get over it. oh I, I always get a bit oh i see That's when i hear that gross. yeah <laughs> absolutely oh. i mean and it's really it's one of those really ironic sort of situations in terms of still having like you mentioned having the collar and the bed and things like that because if we lose human loved ones we still have we still have belongings we still have little trinkets we might still have grandma's vase you know in in the cupboard yeah. or on the mantelpiece their photos out their clothes I have you know a few pieces of my dad's clothing in my wardrobe and mm you know, sentimental pieces. And that's very yeah. normalized to keep those trinkets mm. and mem it's a way to memorialize them in our in our present world. And so yeah, I think the more that we can normalize that our furry, I think I came up with, I think I found a a loophole in your um fur feathers and scales. I think yes. we have um, shells because we have crustaceans. I was like, yes, my mum used to have yabbies. And so I was like, oh, they don't fall into that. So we've got shells. Let's add shells to that. Shells. Yeah, that's a I good one. That. Let me write that down. Yeah. I have written that down. That's um, a good one. <laughs> but I think, you know, we we just need to find space to normalise the fact that 
this grief is just as valid and just as normal as human grief. And the way that we memorialize that is no different to the way that we would memorialize um, human grief. So I think that absolutely that's- for sure. So- we sort of yeah. led into it when you were talking about there's no there's no right or wrong way to grieve. Yeah. So tell us, I guess, a little bit about what this group of people, so anybody who is experiencing any form of pet loss, pet grief, what are they going to experience in the room with you specifically? What's yeah, that? yeah. Well, in terms I I really do my best to create a very safe space first and foremost. So that's something I really do always do my best and let the person with me settle into the session space at a, at a pace that's best for them. So I, I there's um, all emotions are allowed. I really, really like to put out there because it, it often is a very uh, emotional time for them and it's hard. It's hard to be able to to talk and express um, such deep pain. So I really like to to bring, bring that out so, so much. Mm. And anything we don't want to talk about, that's so okay, you know, just to let me know. So it's about, yeah, just going at things at their pace. There's often within, within the grief space what I call different layers within pet loss grief. And some examples of that would be the feelings of, of guilt, sadness, loneliness, a, a shift in somebody's identity too can very much shift. You're known for somebody with your companion and when they're not there, you don't know who you are, lack of motivation to do things, creating new normals. It, there's a lot going on. So, yeah, that 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 space of, of unpacking it, this is at, at, at that person's pace. So within that, there's there's many different ways. Some people like to just chat about things. I can uh, generally, um, I like to listen very much as much as I can. And once I listen and hear what is going on for that person, then I, I'm always guiding and supporting the whole time, of course. So we might step into learning some really um, simplistic, effective coping suggestions, to coping tips, things that I think can really benefit what, to meet that person where they're at in that here and now. Now, that can ebb and flow. Um, I can bring some visuals into the session and things like that, but it's really from where I'm sitting. It's about, as I said, really listening and really trying to get on specific and clearly identify what it, what is going on for that person um prior to meeting uh, me meeting somebody for for the first time there'll be uh, a very simplistic intake information process where i ask some some yeah uh, on point questions i like to think and that is so important to me and i'll often go over that two or three times um i uh, to get an idea before we even meet of where that person is at i also invite if that if my client would like to prior to me even meeting them, to to share with me, only if they wanted to, some photos of their beloved. Um, I invite them to share a few words about them, their beautiful, everlasting love and relationship, if they'd like to. There's no obligation. Um, some people, yeah, that some people do and some people prefer because that can be upsetting too. But um, when, when I receive that, my heart is warmed. I love seeing 
the photos. Uh, it's also a space where people can bring photos in and show me. They might have the, the items of their beloved. We might talk about that. We might talk about, for example, like a, a coping. Um, I love the sensory things, like yeah. what we can see here, smell, tag. Now, sensory is so supportive within the pet loss grief space so I might you know we might bring that in we might talk about it we might talk about how um whether it's a bird swing or a collar or a horse um bridle whatever it may be how we can incorporate that into support because my thing is relationships continue love continues love doesn't die I'm such a big you know, you can hear my voice getting really, really passionate because I love it. that is, um, you know, that is one of my biggest things on my own personal, you know, journey with Buckley that has supported me. So there's many, many, many different things that we can bring in. But, um, yeah, and, and everyone's um, so unique and every journey is, is unique and I really, um, you know, take that on. It's not one size fits all by, by any means. So I hope that's given Absolutely. just a little bit of a, yeah. of a snapshot Absolutely. of what a session would be like. I mean, I think people have this imagery and I probably did as well before I got into this industry that grief therapy is morbid. It's just a lot of crying. Mm. It's just overwhelming. It's all consuming. And there absolutely is times of that. But I find mm, mm, mm. For, for, a, for a lot of people and once I got to to the stage where I was able to, one of the most beautiful parts of grief therapy was having somebody who was just going to listen to me talk about all of the wonderful things about him, who wanted mm. to know all of those things, who was happy for me to sit yeah. there and show them, you know, a hundred photos that I took and, mm-hmm. you know, all of mm-hmm. That can be a really beautiful moment in that grief journey. Yeah. And and it's not all doom and gloom and it's not all sad. There are those pockets yeah. of 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 beauty uh where yeah. you get that undivided attention from somebody, particularly yeah. if the other people in your family are also grieving, it and everybody's journey is looking different it Mm, mm. it makes it difficult to have those pockets where you get to just talk about you know your loved pet and companion yes without feeling like you also need to hold space for somebody else in the family um so yeah 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 part of grief therapy oh absolutely absolutely i think the other thing is true that comes in is um relief yeah it's a relief for people as for all the things that you said. Mm-hmm. It's a relief to be able to say things that you have a reservation with people out, you know, within your own network that you might be judged, criticised, your loss won't be validated. In saying all that, there's also a lot of wonderful support through family and friends. I've heard, you know, because that's something I always do really check in on, you know, what's how's your support system? What's there? If there's not, how can we work on that if you need more? But so there's all there's a lot of, you know, I really want to acknowledge uh, and thank family and friends that are supporting their loved one with such a profound loss of their animal companion. And thank you for understanding and thank you for being that, you know, that that person to be there. This is the thing with grief because there can be a mentality from, from family and friends that we need to try to fix that person 
they can tend to sort of want to try to do all these sort of things that they think could be helpful and their heart is normally in the right place. But a lot of the time it's not overly helpful. And I say that with my hand on my heart because their heart is in their right place. And sometimes it's hard just to to sit with grief. It is that I'm I'm definitely not sugarcoating it by any means because it can be very, very difficult. But I really love how you said that the session space can yes it I'm not it, it is it is it can be very emotional we're really yeah. acknowledging that but it's also an, another side that can really open up so much I'm going to say opportunity to give you hope yeah to working with these challenges to healing I'm not life is going to be different yeah there's a before and there's an after and it looks very different so there's new normals. There's a lot to carry and process. We're absolutely acknowledging that. But one one thing that that brings me it's a privilege for what I what I do. But when I see somebody, and you would relate to this, Sam, I'm sure very much so that we start the session, particularly the first session, um, and there is apprehension going into a session. Oh, Hand up for me too. You know, I've I've been to counselling and stuff, and yeah. it, you know, it's terrifying uh, sometimes. It is going to be absolutely daunting and terrifying and there's a lot of anticipation stepping into the session. What I love and warms my heart and the relatability, I said with with you as well, is that when you see that person sort of settle in more into the session and know that this is a safe space, know that I can say whatever I want and I won't be judged, I can actually see Mm. that transformation as the session goes on, which it just gives me so it's just a feeling of just heartwarmed and that I can be there to let them be them authentically then. Um, and I'm sure you could you could feel that too. Yeah, feel that I mean, too. one of my favourite things is um, is to tell my clients that I want this space because, you know, it, it's hard to create a space that is completely safe because we don't know what that looks like for somebody. But yeah. I... Yep. Um, I like to tell my clients that um, I want to create a space that's filter free. I want you to not have yeah. to filter your words, your language, mm-hmm. your experience for the sake of me. Mm-hmm. It is my job to sync up with you, not the other way around. And so yeah. I like, yeah. I love people sort of tend to relate to that because you know, you do often hear, oh, I shouldn't say that in front of such and such because it'll make them upset or something like that. And so mm-hmm. the one of the most beautiful parts of therapy in general, but particularly grief therapy, I think, is that ability to not have to filter your experience. Um, yeah. I want to quickly say something before we get to the my favourite part of the, the podcast, which is the smashing of myths. Yes. I want to <laughs> shout out to all of the parents out there Send your kids to therapy when a pet dies if they're struggling Mm. with it because children feel pet grief just as much as we adults do sometimes, if not more. They're little humans with big emotions um, and, and they need space to be able to process the loss of pets as well. Um, It is not just adults who need this space. Mm. The little ones in our worlds as well, um, because it's a lot. It's a lot for them to understand, yeah. just in, even on a base level, that you know their beloved family pet is no longer coming home. 
Um, and so yeah. that's a big concept for, for little ones to understand. And so, you know, they need space. They need the space to be able to, to work through that um, and to not pressure them to feel okay about it um, in a quick way. Yeah. Just yeah. because you might yeah. be and you're processing it well doesn't mean that your children need to process it in the same way um, and to allow yeah. space for that. It might not be therapy, but it might be creating a little garden in the backyard where they can, you know, have a little memorial in the same way that we would with a human. We have funerals, we have grief rituals, we can do all of the same things. And I think kids need yeah. that space yeah. just as much Absolutely. as Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a really, thank you for, for talking about that too because it's bang on. Yeah, it's uh, we look at We look at all the animals and how much children, they're their best friends, a lot of Absolutely. them, how they rely on them, how they yeah. support them, how they can calm them. You know, it's, it's, yeah, that's a, another big conversation but absolutely um yes yes and I always say there's a book for everything these days people are so creative at creating resources for adults and children alike there is a book for everything so um there are things out there if you know where I think we both can probably understand that therapy is not um accessible for everybody um on a financial level Mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. on a a location level but there are books there are resources there are things online that can help you in your family home process that grief really um, wholesome and authentic way um, that doesn't involve therapy um, because you know like yep. I said yes always an accessible service let's smash a myth Renee I love this bit my favorite part of, it's uh. my favorite part of the podcast what, um, like I've said in all of these episodes, I've asked you guys all to think of a myth that you would like to smash about your passion space. What is that myth yes. that we're smashing? That's, yeah, I've been, been thinking about this one and, and um, there can be different ways that, that, that it can be approached. But I, I don't know if it's so much a myth, but more just, I guess, a message or something that I I'm, I'm, uh, want to put out there to potentially people that don't really, I'm going to say where the disenfranchisement mm. space sits in. I just want to say pet loss grief is real grief. Yeah. And that, that it is real grief. Yeah. And I just want people to to know, to know that pet loss grievers would know that, but people outside of of that space, it's it's real grief. Never think like you have to move on or get over it. That's another kind of thing that society can put on you that you should be feeling a certain way by a certain time. So I don't know if that's a myth, but more just a, I guess, a a message that don't feel like you you need to move on. And it's never, ever, ever, ever just a pet. Never, ever. Um, (laughs) Never. It's never, ever. Absolutely. Uh, No matter what any, what anybody tells you, it's, Mm. it's never, ever, ever just a yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that's um, and just I know think that, that is a myth. I think yeah. pet loss, yeah, being, it might be like, that pet loss being uh, like a real loss and a real grief. I think it there is an element in there that is a bit of a myth because I think there are some people, yeah. sadly, who don't 
um, validate, understand, you know, affirm that that is real pain, that is real grief. And, yeah. and it doesn't just look like sadness. I mean, you know, when I lost Barney, I had um, what we in, would describe as, you know, PTSD symptoms, you know, I was yeah. having nightmares, I had flashbacks, I couldn't go uh, you know, like I said to you before, we would drive three hours out of our way to visit family because I could not drive on that stretch of the road. Um, and so yeah, yeah. I think it is, you know, there does need to be that smashing of it not being real and it just being sad. Yeah. It goes much beyond that. And there yeah. is a real element of trauma that can go into pet mm-hmm. loss and pet grief. And oh. so Yes, I think, you know, let's get rid of that notion that it is somehow not a normal grief that it does look like sadness. I think that that's. Someone will listen and someone will listen to you. Even when you think someone, there isn't anyone. I don't want, that's one of my, one of the biggest things. I don't want anyone to feel like they're alone. Yeah. And you've got to carry this all on your own because if it's not a myth, let's make it one because it's yeah, like, you know, absolutely. like I think yeah, you don't it. have to carry it. Yeah. Um, you don't have to carry it. And whether it's with me or, or other support platforms, there are yeah. a whole range of things like you tapped on before. Therapy isn't for everyone. Yeah. Um, but there are so many other things out there, whether it's a book, you know, all of those things, it could be, you know, um, some affirmation cards. It could be yep. resources. There's so many wonderful things out there. Yeah, it's what you can you connect with, and yeah, it, it is it is hard. But when you step into things, um, you might yeah be surprised how things can really help you process um, these these really tough challenges. Absolutely. And on that note, I think a really great way to end this is going to be that if you need to find that space that um, Renee, you mentioned that you have a support group. So I think that might be a really beautiful way to end this, that if you don't have your people, if you don't have that community, if you don't have people who are going to affirm that that loss is real, maybe this space might be a really great space for like-mindedness. Have you got a little tidbit about that support group? Oh, very, very much so. I love my support groups. Um, I We've got a beautiful community is so important, yeah. I think. Uh, if you can be with like-minded people who you can relate to, who you can be, share your truth with, talk about your beloved, um, it can be so helpful. So, yes, I do have uh, my own Facebook support group. I'm It's my group. I admin it. Um, it's a, the members are beautiful. Uh, I've had so much wonderful feedback about it, how the group has just been been there for them. I try to put as much as the group as I can, um, whether that's sharing some tips. I try to do a live here and there. I'm, you know, um, I need to clone me. I need to have another one of me. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> they've got it. Um, but I do my, <laughs> yes, I do my best. But yeah. that is there. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. Love that. Um, yeah. And you're, everyone is most welcome. And I know online people are be, uh, but I I say this with the kindest heart. I run, um, I'm a very fair, reasonable person, but I don't tolerate any keyboard stuff. We have yep. rarely anything, rarely, but I just wanted to put that out there to, yeah. to let anyone know if that's a concern. And if there was, if, as I said, rarely, I stomp it out really quickly. Um, and if I don't see it, my members are 
so beautiful and supportive. I might just get a quick message, you know, hey, Renee, you haven't seen this, you need to act on it. But yeah. look, so anyone's welcome um, to be with us if they'd like yeah. to be. I think that's great. I think it's amazing. One of the running themes that is sort of popping up in all of my episodes is that concept and it's sort of how I run, sort of, well, not run, but it's my purpose in a lot of the things that I do um, with my business is that concept of um, to be seen is to be understood. And I think that that's the most beautiful thing about um, community spaces like that is that there is the ability to feel understood by people you don't even know. Um, And I think that that's a really beautiful um, way to sort of experience that. It's such a vital part of that healing journey. I think not just with grief, but with everything. Um, So I think that's a really wonderful service. Thanks for joining me. It's been wonderful. That's a pleasure. It has been wonderful. We could keep talking and talking and talking. I know time is of the essence and the time goes so quickly, doesn't it? I know, it does. It's it's just been wonderful and, I again, I really thank you for uh, not only inviting me but giving um, a a platform and a space to actually talk about pet loss support. I'm very grateful, so I do thank you. And um, I'm really hoping that your your listeners, um, I'm hoping there's lots of takeaways that they they can um, receive and take away from from this episode. So thank you so much. Thank you. I think it's it's just an, an important space. And I think, yeah, I think thank you for doing the work. When somebody comes to me and they tell me that they've had a pet die I'm welling up already so (laughs) thank you for being able to sit in that space with people um so but it is yeah it's one of those uh, it's a really space thank you so much thank you and and I all of Renee's details will be in the in the description um for for people to be able to find you if you find socials support groups services all of that will be there um for people to be able thank you thank you so much Thanks so much. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. Take care. We hope you enjoyed joining us inside the therapy room. Thanks for listening. 